Cinephiles, audiophiles, ladies and germs, welcome to the Film Cult Podcast. Tonight, animator, filmmaker, and waterman, Will Carsola. Will, how are things? I'm good. Things are good. How are you? I'm good. How are you enjoying your pandemic? <laughs> it's been crazy. Crazy for me. I uh, had a, my first child during the pandemic, which was nuts. So, yeah, it's been a crazy experience. But, um, yeah. Have you been staying busy? I am, yeah. Working, uh, you know, trying to raise a, a baby. Um, I bought my first house right before the pandemic, so I'm raking a lot of leaves. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Trying to draw a lot more lately. Yeah, it's a strange year all around. Well, I don't know what kind of an interview I'd be if I didn't start off by talking about water because what a hell of an endeavor you've you've decided to get into. What sparked getting into the water game? Yeah, so with Liquid Death, um, yeah, Mike, Mike Sarrier is the, the main kind of brainchild liquid death and he uh he reached out to me um a couple years ago or so (laughs) with this idea um and i thought it was so crazy that um i loved it (laughs) and um i was def i was definitely on board once he you know kind of went through how metal cans are well not only does it make the water colder um but it's it's better for the environment and, uh, you know, Liquid Death gives back a lot of the profits um, to help with pollution. I also didn't know that plastic bottles weren't really recyclable. Um, but also, yeah, I just uh, I thought it was really cool and crazy. Liquid Death, murder your thirst, you know. Um, and so just kind of started by drawing up some, some crazy ideas. Um, and writing up some crazy ideas, and, and yeah, it's been cool, though. Well, I want to take you way back. Sure. You and Dave have been making live-action films for, for a long time, way before Mr. Pickles even came around. Were you making films even before that? Well, Dave, Dave and I started making um, sketch comedy and videos when we were about 21. I'm 41 now. So this was about 2001 or so. And we had no idea what we were doing. His uh, girlfriend at the time got him a Hi8 camera. <laughs> and uh, we just decided to start messing around with a sketch comedy. Didn't know anything about it. Really loved Mr. Show at the time. That kind of inspired it. So that was kind of the uh, beginnings of, of making videos back around that time, 2001 or so. On really shitty cameras. <laughs> You weren't doing anything before that, though, were you? Like, even in... Not with video. Not with video. Art, yeah. I was um, an artist. I was actually going to school for painting. And then I got more into... I just really wanted to make videos. And there wasn't really a department that could teach me how. So I dropped out of college with one year left to go. Um, because I, I figured I can just paint whenever I want, you know, 
I don't need to be at a, a college to do that. Um, and so I just started teaching myself how to edit and shoot and, and make mistakes, stuff like that. <laughs> so that was the beginning of it. Well, what sparked your guys' interest in going into the animation route? Was that really your your kind of push because you had that background in drawing? I wouldn't say that I pushed uh, to go into animation at all. That was kind of uh, a surprise. Um, I used to dabble with animating things uh, back in the like early 2000s um, when I discovered that in Final Cut Pro, Photoshop, I could kind of makeshift animate some things. So I started drawing things with the mouse, which I did up until fairly recently. <laughs> somehow, I can't do it now. Uh, somehow, I would animate with the mouse. And, and I, anyway, long story short, I would do some animation for fun here and there. Um, but for the longest time, over a decade, I was more focused on wanting to make sketch comedy um, and live action type things. Um, so every once in a while, I would, I would uh, animate some things more for fun. And then when we were pitching to Adult Swim, they pitched them two ideas. One was live action. And the other one was animation. And uh, they responded more to animation. And so they said, we don't want these ideas, but come up with another idea. And um, that's how it all started. And then we, you know, been doing animation since. Well, how was your time, Ben, working for Adult Swim? Have you enjoyed it? Are they are they a good company to work for? Yeah, Adult Swim is amazing. I, I always loved Delt Swim, um, so it's been been wild getting to make a show with them. But um, yeah, you know they they really they really give you a lot of creative uh, freedom, but at the same time also give very good feedback um, on you know character development, story, things like that. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things on Adult Swim that couldn't have lived anywhere else. Um, and they, Adult Swim really kind of broke the mold. Um, and so now I think, you know, I actually don't watch a lot of animated shows, but from what I can see, um, it seems like a lot of other networks are kind of trying to follow the Adult Swim, you know, kind of route. But yeah, there I, I have no, zero complaints about Adult Swim. Um, great ideas, great feedback, um, great people. Well, speaking of breaking the mold, though, do you feel like you're kind of stuck in this animated realm right now, and do you want to do some more live action in the future? I do want to do more live action in the future, actually. Yeah, and I I do kind of feel like I'm in a little bit of a, a bubble with it. Um, I think ideally I would love to do both, you know, um, live action, whether it's a TV show or film, but also keep, you know, the, uh, the old town world of Mr. Pickles and Mom and Amy Sheriff gone. Cause there's, in my head, there's so much more to explore there. And, uh, all those characters at this point are kind of like real characters to me. <laughs> um, like real people, um, uh, some more than others, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I, I miss live action. 
Um, and so uh, at some point soon, I do plan to get back into it, but also, you know, just got to roll with the flow sometimes, I guess. See what happens. Well, being so attached to these characters, is that why it was a no brainer to start Mama Name Me Sheriff? Um, yeah. I mean, one, one thing that's cool about Mama Name Me Sheriff is um, you get to spend more time with a lot of these characters and, and not necessarily just Sheriff, uh, which obviously you spend more time with him, but Mama, Mr. Bo Jenkins, Carl, a lot of these characters get to shine more, you know. Mr. Pickles, um, and I, I, I love, I love Mr. Pickles, the show, and I love making Mr. Pickles. Um, one of the things that made writing Mr. Pickles difficult was that he's a dog that doesn't talk. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's kind of what Grandpa's character did for not only us as writers, but for the viewers to kind of understand what Mr. Pickles is thinking and what he's doing, what he's been up to, what he's going to do. Um, and so, but nevertheless, long story short, he, Mr. Pickles is a hard character to write for and to not just be doing the same thing over and over. But it also made it tough to spend more time with some of these other characters who uh, had all this potential to shine. And on top of that, they're not even 22-minute episodes. They're 11. So we're trying to pack all this story, get all the story points that should be in a story into half the amount of time. Um, So... I guess that one of the differences with Mommy Name Me Sheriff is that we get to explore some of these characters more and see different things about them, understand who they are a little more. Did you find, like, your early days helped out? Like, you were honestly trying to pack an hour's worth of a show in 11 minutes. So yeah. it's, it's <laughs> fucking, like, did all those early live action, like, fucking around with Dave on, on the Super 8 and stuff... Did all of that really help out for trying to pack that much into 11 minutes? Hmm. I think about that for a second. Well, maybe in a weird way. Um, I guess I could relate that to, you know, back when we were making sketch comedy videos. We rarely ever did anything twice, you know, like a series of sketches based around the same characters or anything like that. We, um, and I'm kind of still like this, but, uh, always wanted to just be doing new things, you know, um, exploring new ideas, not doing the same one over and over. Uh, and there was some kind of cool creative freedom with that, you know, um, uh, cool exploration of, of ideas and, uh, and with that freedom, you know, it, I guess then when you have a show, right, and, you know, you're kind of doing it's the exact opposite. So maybe in a sense uh, we still had all these ideas that we wanted to do, all these different ideas. And so maybe we packed them all into this one show at first, probably in the pilot in the first season. Those are the ones that were really, really fast. Those are the ones that... <laughs> Probably definitely had too many storylines. And that was, you know, probably us trying to get all these ideas in there. And I think, uh, you know, nothing against that at the same time. There's something, um, I I love those early episodes. Um, But uh, there's something 
also nice about slowing it down a little bit and, um, you know, letting go a lot of, letting go more of some of the ideas that, you know, just don't make the cut. I mean, there's already, you know, so many more ideas that never even make it to the page. Probably like one idea out of a hundred or 200 goes in there right now. Then we've kind of slowed it down. And I also refined my story structure and, and writing skills after that time. So that helped kind of slow the pace down a little bit and kind of, you know, show you what you need and what you don't. So now when I write, um, it's less, less about, I want to get this idea in there and this idea. And I like this joke, so it's got to make it in there. Can't let go of it. You know, now it's, um, it's got to hit all these certain uh, story points that, you know, I have in my own little checklist. And so those come first now. And so sometimes those story points are a joke. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes the joke is added on top of that. So I kind of have my own little system that I go by now. And um, so that's why they're less fast. Well, speaking of slowing it down, you were writing it, directing it, adding voices, editing it. You were doing so much on that show. Do you feel like by the end of it, you were a little bit burned out and you, and you wanted to take a little bit off your plate? Or, or were you still excited by the end of it and going into Mom and Amy Sheriff? Well, yeah, I'd say that a lot of that is true. I uh, was definitely doing way too much, <laughs> ultimately, on Mr. Pickles. At the same time, I, I, I loved doing it all. I was so passionate about um, doing it all that, you know, I was sleeping in the office, you know, half the days of the week, a lot of the time. Um, I would go three months without a single day off, and you know, so it, it was good and bad, you know. Um, sleep, my sleep was constantly writing, you know, dreaming ideas, and I was... At that time, Mr. Pickles, seasons one, two, and three, I was directing, storyboarding, editing, you know, and all the other stuff. And, uh, yeah, it definitely took its toll on me, ultimately, especially as, as I was getting older. Um, so when it came came to Mama Named Sheriff, I only directed one episode. Um, the first one, because I kind of wanted to just be hands-on with the tone and wanted to have a little more control in that episode to not only make it feel right, like it it still is what these characters would be doing and have the right music and tone, but it also needed to feel like a different show than Mr. Pickles. Um, even though they're kind of the same, they just don't have Mr. Pickles, it still needed to feel like a different show. So yeah, after that, I, <clears throat> I backed away from editing, which I never thought I would do. Um, I did back away from directing. Um, and it's been nice and challenging at the same time, but, um, I think it was the right move for me to do that. Um, you know, for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, Mr. Pickles days was crazy. I was just working way too hard, which is something that um, I kind of tend to do when I get really into something. And um, 
but it can also become unhealthy. And it, it wound up messing up my back, one, that I was sitting in a chair all the time and then sleeping on an uncomfortable couch. Um, but it also gave me very, very intense anxiety. Um, I think I developed some kind of anxiety disorder from pushing myself too hard, trying to, you know, get everything perfect, being too much of a perfectionist, doing all of that on a budget, you know, stuff. But um, I'd say that for the most part, it's all Mr. Pickles episodes. I got them pretty much exactly how I wanted them, which is rare, you know. Um, and now I kind of am learning to let it be different than the way I saw it in my head when we were writing, you know. There's certain things that still matter, but, um, yeah, there's something I'm finding more interesting now in kind of letting letting the characters grow a little more without me, uh, not only with other directors, but, you know, animators and everything, editors as well. So there's something nice about that too. I've always been curious about this because my dog is a huge fan. If, if she even hears anything <laughs> Mr. Pickles, she'll just run to the fucking couch, sit there, and just, like, she eats it up. Did you ever have, like, dog focus groups? Were you ever, like, trying to subliminally, like, add some dog sounds in there to, like, get people's animals all riled up during the show? No, but that's a good idea. We should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, that is a good idea. If you ever make another show about a dog, I'll offer you that. Well, you, you had a lot of musicians on as well. And, and you have a lot of, like, the heavy metal influence there. Was that big to you growing up? And and how hard was it for you to get guys like Iggy Pop and Henry Rollins, Rob Zombie, even somebody like Weird Al? Well, you know, I kind of um, I like all kinds of music. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm originally from Virginia, and I spent my 20s in Richmond, so there's a lot of, a lot of awesome uh, music there. A lot of great punk bands, um, and even Guar is from Richmond. And, uh, Dave Brocky was Otis from Guar. There's somebody that you know we were, we were friends with, and we were just kind of around all these rad bands like Municipal Waste and Land of God, um, Avail, bands like that in Richmond. So, um, yeah, um, I guess all that kind of had some kind of influence on our style, me and Dave's style. Um, so yeah, I don't know as far as getting, um, some of the other musicians in there, you know, um, maybe they felt part of that vibe. I'm not really sure. Um, I think that as far as getting like Rob Zombie and, and Iggy Pop from our end, that's more like, Hey, it'd be cool if if these people could play these roles. Can we reach out to them? And then we'd either get a yes or a no, you know. And more often than not it would be a, a yes. And uh an interesting thing about having musicians on the show is that 
I don't know. There's some kind of connection between people who do comedy and, and people who are musicians. It's like, I've heard it said that, you know, every comedian wants to be a rock star and every rock star wants to be a comedian. So I, I don't know. Like, Dave and I have worked really well with um, musicians when they've been on the show. Iggy Pop was hilarious. Rob Zombie was amazing. Um, yeah. Um, Henry Rollins, so nice. They're all willing to go the extra mile, scream in the mic a million times for us. It's great. And uh, Weird Al, yeah, you mentioned him. He's so nice. He's the nicest guy I've ever met. And super talented, so funny. Um, yeah. That was that was the one uh, person we had on the show that my dad was <laughs> super excited about because uh, UHF is one of his favorite movies. What do you find the hardest like part of the process is? Hmm. Well... They're all hard to some degree. Um, I would say that <clears throat> writing would would probably be the hardest because it's the most important. Um, every every other part of it can you know can be more flawed. You can also like with animation, you can keep plussing things at various stages. Um, what you do with writing too, but but writing, yeah, is its own beast. And if you don't have the writing right, then nothing else will be right. And that's a lesson that you know <clears throat> I've had to learn the hard way. Um, and I think that or most people have to learn that the hard way um, for it to click. But that's how it happened with me. The writing, I would say, is definitely the the hardest. And when you're when you're under the gun and you know, you got deadlines, you got to be funny, but you're stressed out, uh, and you're dreaming, uh, storylines, <laughs> even when you don't want to, it, it's, it's hard, but, um, that's kind of how it goes. Um, at least for me, you know, it'll be like, oh, another one, one thing about writing is that it'll be very tough, you know, really trying to, um, get this idea right but i found that the more you stress about an idea the more you kind of the more you're forcing it the less likely it is to to work itself out and usually it's the it's the moment when i kind of let go of the idea that it then somehow in my head works it's like i'll uh we'll be sitting in a writer's room for a couple hours and can't come up with this idea or I can't come up with something that I'm happy with. And then I'll just go to the bathroom, you know, just walk out of the room, go to the bathroom and I'll come back with an idea. You know, it's kind of like when I turn my mind off, um, things kind of flow in better, easier. But besides all that, I think writing will always be the hardest stage. You know? Well, when you have, such dramatic things happening in your country right now. Is it hard to block that kind of stuff out and focus on, on, on doing this absurd comedy or does that actually play in and help you gather, gather some inspiration to then sit down and, and write these episodes? Hmm. Let's say yes and no. Um, you know, I, I remember it was the night that, uh, Trump, Trump won, so this is like 2016. I remember the, the that night we were all expecting it to go the other way. 
I, for one, was not excited about Trump being president and uh, proceeded to <laughs> drink a lot of shots of whiskey after that. Same here. In the morning. Had, yeah. <laughs> and then um, woke up early in the morning, had to be in the writer's room. We were writing one of the seasons, Mr. Pickles, maybe it was two or three. And um, season two or three. And just so hungover and so bummed out, and so was everybody else in the writer's room. And we just spent the first two hours of that day just bitching. <laughs> um, just being kind of bummed out. And it was the rest of the day was really tough to be able to try and be funny. Uh, I can't remember if, you know, creatively what came from that day, if anything at all. But um, yeah, so. You know, we have taken inspiration from things, but it's hard for me to kind of pinpoint what they are because um, every idea changes so much. You know, a lot of the episodes that are finished, you know, they're out there, started off as some other kind of idea that only part of it was similar and then before that it was at some other stage the same thing and so yeah I mean we'll take we'll definitely you know come up with ideas based on things that um, are upsetting about things going on in the country sure and try to use that in a way that either makes fun of those things or kind of shines a light on the wrongness of certain things um but yeah, ultimately though, everything has to fit into not only story structure, but it also has to be, it also has to serve a purpose. You know, if we, if we wanted to make episodes, if we were making episodes that had everything that we were pissed off about or everything that we loved or hated or everything that we thought was funny, it would be very different storylines you know everything kind of evolves um from various ideas and uh ultimately a lot of them get weeded out not sure if that answers your question (laughs) yeah of course what have you learned the most out of out of your time working in television Hmm. think about that for a second i've learned the most i think that it's it's important to be true to yourself and if you're true to yourself your artwork has a little bit more of a for lack of a better word a, a soul in a sense um i think that <clears throat> should always be good to people um i mean in general but also people that you work with um um i think one of one of the things that i've learned over the last couple of years is to is to be more okay with ideas not turning out exactly the way you saw them and and that um letting go of those um those things and being less it basically makes things feel less forced sometimes um and with writing story structure story structure story structure got to have it um you know i can pinpoint story structure in any movie you know 
think. And it's, I, I struggled with it a um, long time ago so hard that I really kind of nailed it down. Um, nailed down my own system for it. And so now um, I can see it in every movie. Um, and so it's, it's, it's just basically a, it's a roadmap for writing. So as far as writing goes, story structure, um, yeah, it's, it's a bitch, but it'll, it'll make the story work. Is it safe to assume that Mama Namie Sheriff and Mr. Pickles are done now? Or can we expect more to come? I actually can't answer that yet. So how much did the 80s play an influence in you? Because you got a lot of, like, the old horror elements playing through Mr. Pickles. Oh, yeah. And, and even in Mama Namie Sheriff, you got a lot of those prom nights and Friday the 13th. They're all there. You can, you can see yeah. it. How much, how much of that was an influence to you? I would say a lot, yeah. I mean, I guess I never really thought about being influenced too much by the 80s, but... I guess you're right. I mean, those are all kind of eighties themes and I grew up in the eighties. I was born in 79. So when I was a kid, it was in the eighties and you know, back to the future, Goonies. Those are my movies when I was a kid. Um, never ending story, which is, yeah, we did kind of a never ending story inspired bit in uh, Mr. Pickle's shoes episode. Um, yeah, I, you know, my first kind of inspiration ever that I can remember was Garbage Pail Kids. That was that was my favorite shit back then. <laughs> I would I would grab the penny jar that we had and um, I'd count out a hundred pennies. I think that each pack of Garbage Pail Kids, I think it was like a dollar. Or anyway, I would take a dollar with me. And uh, I'd ride my bike like a couple miles back then, which is crazy. I was like six years old. <laughs> I would ride, ride to the store, you know, get one pack, and I would count out the pennies again, and I would just dump all these pennies on the counter. <laughs> and some, just oblivious that, you know, I'm being a pain in the ass to some clerk. But I was just so happy about these garbage pail kids. Actually, I have them. I have them right here. Actually, yeah, I still have them They're in my hand. <laughs> um, so, garbage pail kids was definitely a huge influence on me. Um, <clears throat> drawing gross and funny characters, you know. And then um, later, uh, you know, we didn't really watch horror movies at my house, but I would go to my uh, friend's house in the little neighborhood where I grew up in Virginia and uh, I'd watch them all there Hellraiser Friday the 13th I remember seeing some uh, Nightmare on Elm Street but uh, Friday the 13th was the one that I kind of responded to the most I, something about the woods kind of did it for me because the other side of it was that I didn't really have much to do when I was a kid um you know, there's a lot of woods around. And so I would just kind of go out into the woods by myself and just explore and kick down dead trees and stuff like that. And uh, it was always this, I'd be watching the Friday the 13th movies around this time, I think too. And I remember as the sun was going down, I'd been out in the woods playing by myself. 
and head back towards the house. And I would just, you know, like get this feeling like Jason was right by. <laughs> um, so I always kind of was inspired by the woods in general because I think they're the most beautiful place and the most terrifying place, depending on what the situation is. But so those kind of movies, Friday the 13th, as far as horror, definitely inspired me. And also, well, I didn't see the the Shining in the '80s. I saw it much later. But that's that's my all-time favorite movie, and that one definitely has inspired me a lot. Uh, as far as '80s go, yeah, Neverending Story, um, Goonies, Friday the Thirteenth, stuff like that. Yeah. You mentioned riding your bike for miles. Was it easy to find the kinds of art that you were looking for back then? No, really. I mean, I, I hadn't really drawn at that time yet. I don't think I started drawing anything until I was like eight or so, maybe. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't remember how I got into Garbage Pail Kids. I, maybe maybe one of my friends at the time had them or something. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I was necessarily seeking out art in general. Uh, I didn't really know anything about the world at that time, you know. Um, I just really love those garbage pail kids, you know. Well, as you got older, did you find that it was easy to to find these a little bit off kilter kind of animated garbage pail kids kind of like looking things that you were being inspired by? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, my interests are always kind of changing. Were, were then and always are now kind of in like a a big rotation that kind of circles back. Um, so it would be this and then it would be that. Um, so I don't know. Um, there were definitely a lot of rad artists in, in Richmond and um, in bands, like I said. So uh, maybe there's some kind of connection there to Richmond really feeling like uh, the right place for me at that time. Maybe to Garbage Pail Kids. I wouldn't say that Richmond is gross gross like that or anything. Um, but, um, yeah, definitely is an inspiring place, Richmond. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can correlate it to Garbage Pail Kids. But, I mean, I I can correlate this to Garbage Pail Kids. I um, uh, have a toilet seat here that I'm starting to paint. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a hard, I was at a hardware store the other day. Getting I can't remember what I was getting, hammer or nails or something. And I saw the toilet seat. I was like, huh, I could draw a face on that. <laughs> Can you hear that? <laughs> How much of your house have he, have you like drawn on? Do you, do you try to disperse your work throughout your house, or do you try to keep that away from your from your private life? Well. Um, a little bit of both. Um, I kind of have like, I have a few pieces of art of mine up. Yeah. Um, I think if there's something I'm really stoked on, something that I don't want to get rid of, I don't want to give away, um, I'll kind of hang it up. Um, especially, usually it's artwork of mine that has super extra um, importance to me. Um, in some way, one way or another. But yeah, at the same time, I don't want to 
too many just crazy faces all over the house. <laughs> I also <laughs> have a seven-month-old baby now, so I don't want to give them nightmares too early. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, finally, what can we expect from you coming up? been working on something during this pandemic. I, I can't say what it is, um, as far as I know. Um, but it'll be out at some point soon. <laughs> I actually don't know when, when exactly it's coming out, but we've been working remotely on this project, um, which is crazy. Uh, I'm just basically home all the time. <laughs> so I have my computer and everything set up here and um, everything I would need to make a show and, you know, a lot of Zoom meetings, things like that. Um, I even just the other day just wanted to be outside a little bit more. Got a couple um, stumps and turned them into desks outside. So I'm just sitting outside with a makeshift desk in the woods on Zoom meetings. Um, trying to think of what else I can say about it. But I'm weary of saying too much, I guess. I'm 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 excited. Anything that has your name on it, I'm fucking one hundred percent in. Oh thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, I want to thank you so much for coming on here today, Will. It was it it's an honor to me. I'm a huge fan of all your stuff. So yeah. Keep oh, it going and I'm that. I'm stoked to hear that you got that you got something new coming up. It makes me excited. Great. Well, this is fun. Good talking to you. Thank you for listening. Make sure to catch Will Carsola's previous works, maybe future works, we're not really sure, in Mr. Pickles and Mama Namey Sheriff on Adult Swim playing regularly. Make sure you grab some liquid death. And this concludes our broadcast day.